0: One hundred and twenty-five of the Half Point for Podcast. I am your host, Evan Riggs, joined as always by my co-host, Dalton Willie. There is no producer, Johnny Fam. Um, don't worry, again, this is, uh, don't have to worry about PTO for Johnny today. This was definitely an excused absence. Uh, Johnny is okay, he is fine, but he has a little bit of a, uh, a medical thing, let's just yeah, say, I've- going on right now i apologize
1: we pulled an arthur smith here we didn't list johnny on the injury report that's true uh that is that is our fault that is on us we will take accountability and in the future i think next week johnny's probably going to get the questionable tag for for the podcast
0: (laughs) to be fair like you know he he told us about this earlier this afternoon maybe maybe like noon ish our time so like not a lot of time to get, get it into the injury designation, you know? So, I, I don't yeah. know where where the fault lies on the injury designation. But, no Johnny today, but you do have Dalton and I. Dalton, we've got kind of a fun and, and different show planned today. So, I'm excited. Uh Well, speaking of fun
1: and different. Oh, God. I think Monday night, we might have the most viewed NFL game happening. Yeah. I mean, it's a Super Bowl rematch between the Chiefs and the Eagles. Apparently... Taylor Swift and her parents are going to meet the Kelsey's parents. Mm. And I think that that, that whole love situation between Swift and Kelsey has reached a max with what happened this weekend. Yeah. Um. So we might have a, the, the highest viewed game on our hands in Kansas city in what will be an absolute glory of a game to watch.
0: Well, for, for those of us who have Travis Kelsey and fantasy lineups, this is big. This is huge. Like we've all seen the split. We, we, we need, we need T Swift there very badly.
1: We, we do. <laughs> Karma is a fantasy football player scoring 25 <laughs> points
0: for me. Oh, I think Kathleen would be very proud of <laughs> uh, of that doll. We've got a fun one today. We've got a couple who's that Pokemons to start us off. If you're on YouTube or catching up on YouTube, you will see the thumbnail. Not serious people with uh, two players, one coach and uh, one Loken Roy. And that is kind of... The theme of the show today not the not serious people part but the the pop culture of it all i i'll say up front this is straight up ripped off of uh six trophies which is a great nba podcast for anybody out there who enjoys the nba or even if you don't like if if you just like podcasts and and you like Shay or jason or whatever you should listen to it but they give away six trophies every week four of them are the same two of them are different uh, the four are always pop culture related, and we are swiping that today to just, you know, an excuse uh, to help us talk about different players in the fantasy landscape in a fun way. We have the Michael Scott, no, God, please, no, 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 no trophy. I won't read the rest of the five, but that gives you an idea of like what what we've got coming up. Logan Roy, obviously in the thumbnail. You can tell we have a You Are Not Serious People trophy on deck to end the show. So that's what we've got later. But Dalton, first. Who's
1: that Pokemon?
0: You can start us off.
1: All right. We are heading to the NFC. I'll give you some relative snaps on this player. He's played 66% of his team's snaps. He's a running back he has 43% of the team's rush attempts. Among the running backs, though, he has 67% of the routes and 14% of the team's targets. Who's that Pokemon? Is it Kenneth Walker? No. I will even tell you that last week, he had a substantial increase in everything. He had an 85% route participation. And for only the second time this year, he got to carry inside the five yard line. This is the first time he's been a top twelve running back in his last five contests.
0: Uh, that I don't want to guess who I think it is because it, it, it sounds a little bit like the guy I have coming up next, but I I don't I don't think so. I don't I don't think so, but I think it's because I just have that guy on the brain. Like, is it Rashad White? No. This
1: just – he has 66% of the team snaps. Rashad White's
0: over 90%. That's true. Rashad White is very high. You are in the right division. <laughs> is, the it, is it, is it Bijan?
1: It's Bijan Robinson. <laughs> it is wild to me that Arthur Smith and Co. spent a first-round pick on this guy. At one point, his rush, uh, his rush share – and this is excluding week seven – was at 42% on the season. It's just absolutely absurd usage for Bijan Robinson. It's been terrible. Uh, we'll talk more about that clown show in Atlanta later on, I'm sure.
0: Yeah, well, this was like... Uh, I'm reading Fantasy Life's utilization report right now because I remember seeing stuff about Bijan. And I I actually... I, I almost had Bijan as a Who's That Pokemon,
1: so I'm glad... Well, the, the the last game stats were definitely stolen from Fantasy Life. Yeah, because
0: so. because it's like that. Finally, you know, like weeks three and four, he he was very high snaps, uh, very high rush attempt percent, and then he just has not been. And then now week ten, a month and a half later, we finally are getting back to that point. But like we're at three out of ten weeks. So what what can we really trust with that moving forward? It's like. You either have to you you either have to go buy him now, or like if you have them, you're holding them, or you're selling and hope you're selling high. If you're buying them, you're hope you hope you're buying a potential RB one league winner, but like you also can't wait to buy him because if he does this again, he's not for sale. Exactly,
1: yeah i it, it is a fantasy conundrum, and I will be happy to look at it at the end of this year. But among running backs selected in the top 20, he has to have the worst utilization rate of anybody so far, it, other than like maybe Trent Richardson. But even then, his rookie <laughs> year, he had a better
0: year than this. It's been frustrating. You know, I, I had him as a bust and I you did not have him as a bust, but you were not disagreeing with with my take. And even I, I would never have guessed we would get jerked around this much by, by Arthur Smith uh, with Bijan, you know. So like, even I didn't didn't see this coming. Yeah, it's it's been terrible. All righty. Who's that Pokemon? So, this guy is a running back in the NFC. (laughs) He is the RB15 on the season. He does have three straight weeks of high double digit points. So, he is the RB9 in points per game this year. He only has 27% of his team's rushing attempts inside the 15 this season. And just about a third of the rushing attempts total on his team. I have one more I can give you, but I think you might be able to get it just based on that.
1: So he doesn't rush a lot in the red zone. He doesn't rush a lot in general,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but he's still a top 15 back. So he's like an AK type guy. Um, and he's in the NFC. Mm-hmm. And he's probably not a starter. Depends There's on a, what
0: you identify as a starter. Does Twitter want him to be a starter? <laughs> Maybe.
1: Is it Jameer Gibbs?
0: It is Jameer Gibbs. And I wanted and I wanted to bring up Jameer Gibbs with this because last week he played 58% of the snaps. His previous high with Montgomery in the lineup was 38%. He more than doubled his season high in rush attempt percentage and had a big increase in route participation percentage. Now it it's Montgomery's first week back from injury, and obviously Montgomery has 75 yard touchdown runs, so he he made his day too. They both he had looked great good. days, yeah, and he looked good. So like maybe we we dip more back to where it leans Montgomery, but he had two carries inside the five last week. It, it was split two and two. I will guys. say,
1: did you listen to David Montgomery on the All Boys in podcast today? No, I did not. I saw a clip of it. He subbed himself out on the one yard line touchdown play for Gibbs because he knew Gibbs
0: wanted a touchdown, <laughs> which is the ultimate like fantasy.
1: Here you go. So he got Love. So, he,
0: so he got one other carry inside the five though. I'm just yes, saying, like, yes. I'm no, not, I'm just say. I no no. That's that's a good point. A good thing to bring up. And I, I'm not saying that this is here to stay because again, his first week back from uh, a injury where he missed multiple weeks, we'll see what this looks like going forward. But like the signs are kind of starting to be there that maybe, maybe Gibbs will be, I don't know, the 55 to the 45. Maybe that can still happen. Not predicting it, but like that we're at least in the ballpark where I feel like that's possible. Whereas like I, I would not have thought that was possible before Montgomery got hurt with the way things were going. Yeah,
1: Well, I do know last week, running to the right side, the uh, offensive line for the Lions had an average depth of plus 3.3 yards. Uh, they absolutely bullied the Chargers in that game. Panay was pretty good. Pr- pretty good. Maybe better than Jamar Chase, some are saying. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I, at the end of the day, I think this is a fine two-headed rushing attack. It's mm-hmm. consolidated amongst the two. And Jameer Gibbs is getting receiving work. I personally think, looking at the landscape of that 3-4 turn in fantasy, Jameer Gibbs is an absolute smash. You never get immediate rookie production. But Jameer Gibbs, I mean, even despite... He missed a game, didn't he? If he didn't miss a game, he played a yeah, few snaps. Yeah, he,
0: he missed the game, and he's had his bye. So to be in yeah. the RB15 after that is impressive. I will say... um, he did not, he was single digits the first month of the season, which again, rookies, you kind of expect that, but also you have to have a pretty good draft to survive that at two and two, you know, to have your third round pick, which is, yeah, that's where he was going. I'd say he was more in the third than the fourth, probably yeah. by, by closer to, to the season starting. Um, you, you have to have a very good draft to, to survive that.
1: Yeah, I would agree. But he's definitely a guy that's coming on now and it's exciting to see. Yep, for sure. Who's that Pokemon? All right. We are heading to the AFC this week. This guy only has played 46% of his team snaps, only has 39% of the rush attempts, and 5% of the team's targets. And this was sounding like Jalen Warren until you said that uh until last week he hasn't had a top 24 performance last
0: week he was a top 10 running back (laughs) uh this is i need to go first next time this is throwing me off because this sounds a lot like the guy i have i don't think it's him but like these hints are just making me think it's him so now i can't think of of other guys all right let's see top 24 finish last week top 10 finish never have been the Never been in the top twenty-four. Total. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Never had been in the top twenty-four. Top ten finish last week. Wait, is that Keaton Mitchell? No, no. Wait, you said is it forty percent like total snaps on the year? Yeah. Okay, yep. okay. So not just last week. So Keaton Mitchell obviously has not played enough for that. Um, Gus Edwards has had games inside the top ten. We all know that. Uh, let's go... Oh, is it Devon? it's Devon Singletary, huh?
1: Yeah, it's it's Devon Singletary. You, you you got that one.
0: Man, talk about a frustrating thing to have happen to get the running game going to that extreme. What do you have, like 150 yards rushing? On 30 touches? Yeah, like on 30 touches, it's like i think singletary is fine but i think even you would agree with me that pierce is better it's like why 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 can't we get that day with pierce one time please yeah
1: well his targets did did kind of surprise me i'd expect him to be in the
0: the higher teens than just 10 Mm percent oh for sure uh oh boy the houston texans we will have more fun things to say about them later so we don't have to go (laughs) too too much into it here who's that
1: pokemon
0: All right, since the bye week for this guy, which was week five, he has been nine or more points every week. He scored double digits twice, and he's the RB15 in that stretch of, what, five games, I guess. He has 86% of his team's running back carries inside the 15 on the season, despite only playing 23% of their total snaps. In the last five weeks, he has not even reached 40% of his team snaps. But he's had double-digit touches, double-digit carries, excuse me, in all of those games. And to give you one more hint, and I have a couple more I can give if you need more, but one more hint for now, he has six touchdowns in his last five weeks, which you could gather six. you could gather based and on... And he's in the AFC? Yes,
1: AFC. Is it Gus Edwards?
0: No, but it sounds an awful lot like Gus Edwards, sounds like, which, is, which is kind of the six, point of this. Six? Is it Raheem Mostert? No, not Raheem Mostert. One more hint. Six touchdowns. Remember, remember, this guy has only played 23% of the team's total snaps all season.
1: I mean, I want to say like A- Andrew,
0: is it Devin A-chain? I'll give you another hint. There are actually two other hints. I'll give you both my both the last two. In that same stretch, he only has four receptions for 36 yards. Three of those for 24 yards came in one game. And his backfield mate is the RB22 in this same stretch. Give me a division. <laughs> AFC North.
1: Is it Deonta Foreman? That's NFC. I don't know. I'm I'm stumped.
0: It's Kareem Hunt. Oh my God. Kareem Hunt, it's a little tricky because he obviously wasn't even on a team for the first, you know, X amount of games. But the fact that over the last five weeks, he's the RB15 and he has six touchdowns in that stretch, it's like, you know, for it, it kind of has felt like, well, Kareem Hunt is eating into Jerome Ford's workload a lot more than we'd like, which it is true, by the way. Jerome Ford, while Kareem Hunt has 86% of the snaps or of the carries inside the 15 on the season Jerome Ford has 11% so Kareem Hunt is very firmly the guy they handed to in close but like other than that Jerome Ford is probably still getting more of the carries so it it's just interesting and, and it's just like I think you can put Kareem Hunt in, Kareem Hunt in that same too. yeah in 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 that same bucket that's where I was going as Gus Edwards like you gotta have the touchdowns, and you've been getting them lately. Which shout out Juan—he has both those guys in his fantasy lineup in our dynasty league, and he's been living right. He's been living right with those yardage totals and yeah. touches and touchdowns.
1: That, that that is absolutely wild. I think those touchdowns will drop off, considering yes. the Browns <laughs> are some somehow Deshaun Watson is being shut down after going fourteen of fourteen in the second half, where he allegedly tore
0: crucial. Crucial ligaments. I mean they're, uh,
1: they're probably carrying the bag the Browns gave them.
0: <laughs> I will say they, they are saying uh they as in medical people that like if he got hit wrong on that arm it would be really bad. So tough to uh tough to know exactly what's going on there. Uh Amari Cooper, top twenty-four receiver rest of way without Deshaun Watson, yay or nay?
1: No, it is one P or it is one DTR start.
0: Uh I know he
1: had six targets, one catch for like fourteen yards.
0: <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it's gonna it's, be, it's Jover, it's Jover. It, it's gonna be tough sledding, uh, for that offense. Not that it already hasn't been, but it's gonna be even tougher. I yeah. think it's uh, D- gonna get. D- hurt. D- DTR will probably improve, and he played. Was it against the Ravens? So yeah, like, he played so a like, tough defense. So he played a very tough defense. There will be better days, but as much as we like the clowns of Sean Watson, uh, he he still provides a a better ceiling and floor combo than the DTR. Yeah. Going from like the 20th worst quarterback in the league to
1: the 44th is still a bad drop. That matters.
0: (laughs) That certainly matters. All right, Dalton, let's get us started. Like I said, the first trophy is the Michael Scott. No, God, please. No, no, no trophy. And we both, we both went kind of the exact same train of thought, you know, Michael, he's very mad. Toby, is no longer living in Puerto Rico. We thought he was in Puerto Rico, but he's turned back up again to ruin everything. Who are you afraid is going to turn back up to ruin everything? Well, this, this turned
1: back up to ruin everything. Let me tell you, COVID was a disastrous time for people, for this country, but we had NFL offices. We're giving COVID a trophy? <laughs> COVID is not the trophy. It is not back. It is the who's not back in the week, luckily. Um, But, during that time the nfl ran what i could be find the lowest total of cover two high safeties in the nfl at 17 percent of total defenses ran that in their base packages Mm -hmm. for anybody who doesn't know cover two is a defensive formation where two safeties play deep in the field and the whole concept is to take away deep shots then the fun police came out in the nfl NFL scoring this year is at a 10-year low, and in part, this is because the quarterback situation has been pretty terrible. Yes, across a, the a, a
0: lot of young yeah. guys are
1: playing. But two high coverages have been run at a season-high 38% of snaps last week. Teams are running this in all of their base packages, and they're not coming out of it, and there are very few teams in the NFL who have had an answer for it. It's taken away a lot of the deep opportunities. And just to give you an idea of how bad it's been, I went and looked at different positional scoring. So QB scoring is down a total of five fantasy points per game from last year to this year. Now there's quarterbacks playing who are rookies, and it's been some bad quarterbacks But, you know, around. quarterback,
0: like we were talking last year, like, boy, quarterback is a disaster. You know, like it was yeah. bad last year.
1: It was, exactly. It was bad outside the top six last year. But it's so bad this year. Josh Allen, who's the QB 2 in the NFL right now, compared to where he was at last year, where he was also the quarterback 2, is down 38 points. That's 3.8 points a game. Then you look at wide receiver 2 scoring, and I think this is where it's predominantly affected a lot of guys like T. Higgins, Devonta Smith, even big names. It's all the way down 6 points per game for guys who are the second option on their teams. And then tight end scoring is down two fantasy points per game, which is massive considering the average right now is seven points per game among top 12 tight ends. I was going to say there, there's a lot less
0: uh, room to go down at tight end than yeah. other positions.
1: And the the horrible thing about this is until NFL offenses readapt and change their play calling, which is the way the cycle works, it makes fantasy much more difficult to play because the studs are not hitting as frequently – and you can look at wide at scoring outcomes. I mean, you have Gus Edwards incredibly high, despite the fact that he hasn't played so well. Um, it, if, it, if the
0: Ravens could just throw in the red zone, maybe yeah. like once that would be yes. helpful
1: too. But I, I, I mean, like, until the cover too often, it, it should be like a zone in the NBA where you get you just get <laughs> berated for running. But it. teams still play zone in the NBA. It happens. It's terrible, and the only there are five teams with an EPA over 0.5 against cover two. And those teams happen to be the best teams in the NFL. The Bills, uh, well, the Bills, um, the Chiefs, (laughs) the the Eagles. The the, the
0: Bills, we have the highest success rate, but are five and five.
1: Yes. Uh, The commanders, oddly enough, but their passing attack has been pretty on par. And then the Lions. Those are the only teams that are doing successful against it. Um, And that's also where some of the best fantasy starts are coming from right now.
0: Yeah. No, it's... uh... I, I don't know – I won't pretend to know what the solution is other than it, it it's these defenses, like you said, taking away the big plays, daring teams to, number one, run the ball, and number two, to slowly matriculate down the field in those 10 to 12 play drives. And eventually, yeah. Josh Allen will throw an interception because that has been what has happened for yes. like a month and a half straight.
1: And when you get these ticky-tacky drives, it's suddenly when you get guys like Curtis Samuel catching a bunch of balls. Yeah, you you just get players who, generally speaking, aren't fantasy relevant, getting a lot more work because they're just looking for the open packages on like a stick route, where the, the open package is a, a five-yard core, core route to the wide receiver four that no one cares about.
0: Well, it it just makes uh, quarterbacks a lot more afraid to throw downfield. Yep, and I also feel like. Like I will probably talk about this with one of your guys you have coming up, so I won't spoil it. But I feel like quarterbacks are just, like they see the checkdown and they're like, great. Like like it's like you know the checkdown is fine, but do what CJ Stroud is doing, man. Like that guy is he is finding the windows down the field still. Yeah. He just did it against the Bengals. Like that guy is hitting fifteen plus yard plays consistently, and you can't tell me they aren't getting the two high looks at least some. Like like he is doing it.
1: Yeah, I will say this is totally anecdotal, and I do have a very bad dynasty team, <laughs> getting a lot less sleeper notifications for big plays this year. Yeah, and I'm not enjoying it. I will tell you
0: that much. No, me too. And like I, I wasn't even watching. I, I didn't watch almost any game live um, over the weekend. Uh, we talked about in our chat terrible slate of games. Chiefs on a bye. It was just uh, tailor made for a an errand brunch type of weekend um so as i'm sitting eating my lunch in a establishment in lawrence with one tv that's behind like a like from my view like a stained glass uh like thing so i can kind of see what's happening but not really and they had it on the nfl network's version of red zone where they were still whipping around it's like i was kind of seeing stuff but like i don't have a single alert for a big play for like 40 minutes I'm like okay is anybody on my team scoring any points because the 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 threshold is 20 yards it's yeah. not that big of a threshold to get big plays <laughs>
1: yeah I mean I made friendship bracelets the Taylor Swift fit instead of watching NFL on Sunday <laughs> and that's cover two that's the cover two's fault
0: uh, <laughs> uh speaking of the bills my trophy winner for this category is none other than Dawson Knox and it is just simply for the fact that that is what I'm going to be yelling both internally and maybe externally. Um, when he comes walking through that door next week, if the bills try and shoehorn him back on the field, get these two tight end sets rolling again, like since he's been gone, I-, I know the record is record. They're five and five. They fire their offensive coordinator. I got news for you bills. It is not because your offense is not moving the ball. It's because you're turning the ball over. Like the offense The success rate is, like I said, number one, the NFL. It's just these turnovers, whether or or drop passes, whether it is Kincaid fumbling the ball, whether it is a Josh Allen interception, whether it is a James Cook fumble, whether it is Josh Allen dropping the handoff when he's giving it to James Cook on a perfectly normal play where, like, nothing, there was no reason other than just bad execution for that to happen. Those are the issues, not the turnovers. So what you, or not not the offense, excuse me. It's the turnovers, not just the offense itself. I think they've actually stumbled, and I mentioned this, they've stumbled into what is like the perfect offense for this group. You have Kincaid doing the tight end things, or at least running the tight end type of routes. You have Shakir, who's a baller in the slot. You have Gabe Davis kind of working on the outside. He'll get a big play every now and then. And then Stefan Diggs doing, you know, Stephon Diggs things all over the place. Like, since Dawson Knox has been gone, it's been three games now. Kincaid is the tight end six in that stretch, averaging thirteen point two points per game. To put that like that doesn't like the thirteen point two sounds great. Tight end six, yeah, it doesn't sound great. But there's actually been pretty good tight end scoring in the last three weeks, which has been a little surprising. Uh, he would be the wide receiver seventeen in points per game. So you're looking at a a mid uh, a mid wide receiver two type production you know 23 catches 221 yards and a touchdown in that stretch I just don't want them to ruin what Kincaid has going and just specific like Shakir even to a lesser degree too like let those guys continue to cook I don't care what you paid Dawson Knox he he should not just have a spot back in this offense because he did before
1: yes well and we all saw it three weeks ago in the first game without it, where they looked like they looked into the better offensive formation. Mm-hmm. Um Khalil Shakir became a thing for a while again to all of us Shakir truthers mm-hmm. out there. Uh maybe he's still a thing. He had a tough week last week, but so did most of that passing offense. Yes. Uh and it's just it's the same thing with Kyle Pitts, where as soon as they start lining up these guys out wide at wide receiver, they're also playing against corners where the mismatch is no longer there. And that's what they're doing. They're putting Dawson Knox in line as a blocker. And then they're putting Kincaid out in the slot position and it's just not working for him. And you can't blame a tight end for not being able to run NFL wide receiver routes against NFL quality corners. And, the worry the worrisome thing about all of this is obviously the bills have fired Ken Dorsey as their offensive coordinator yeah,
0: so that, that just makes it really hard to even know what will happen. Whose yeah. idea was this twelve personnel? You assume probably the guy that's gone? Does the guy coming in? Does he still think that? or does he think no, I screwed Dawson Knox like can, can like this is our guy. Yeah. we just don't we don't know who thinks what.
1: Would love to see what Joe Brady ran previously when it came to tight end formations. Um, and the, the other hard part about all this is, first of all, and I'll say this again later on another guy, we don't cheer for injuries mm-hmm. in the NFL. We don't want guys not to be on the field. But there are clear, there are clear people who should <laughs> not be on the field. Uh, and Dawson Knox definitely has his time and his use, and so does Noah Gray for the Chiefs. But, you know, we're yes. not misusing those players incorrectly. Uh, and that that's really what it comes down to. And when he walks back on the field, and Kincaid goes back to getting two targets for 28 yards, we will all be very disappointed if that's the case.
0: If that does happen, for sure. All right, you led into your next guy right away, so let's get into it, Dalton. This next trophy is the Nick Miller from New Girl Can I Get an Alcohol Trophy? Who gets this one?
1: So this this is a player that consistently uh, makes fantasy owners and people who enjoy his game drink weekly because it has been an up and down roster show his name is chris olave three weeks ago suddenly he had a, an injury and was almost a healthy scratch a scratch at game time for his owners yeah but the the issue here has not been chris olave's play chris olave is third in the nfl in separation per route run which means he's always open And he's also second in the NFL in air yards. It just so happens that his quarterback is Derek Carr and Derek Carr can't get things done. I'm going to take a terrible sample size here with Jameis Winston for three (laughs) games and give you Chris Olave's per game. It's 9.6 targets, 5.6 receptions, 90 receiving yards, and 180 air yards. His 17 game pace, if that were the case, would have him at the wide receiver four in targets, wide receiver 9 in receptions, wide receiver ford receiving yards,
0: he would also have 3000 air yards. I don't know if that one I don't know if that one is sticking. But well, it, even funnier, just in the game over the weekend where Winston came in, when Winston was the quarterback, Olave goes 8 targets, 35% target share, 52% of the air yards and 19 fantasy points. And mind you, before he came in, I don't think Olave had a catch I was looking at my app questioning, okay, is he out there? I Twitter searched him, and people were uh, um, saying not nice things about Derek Carr. (laughs) I had to make sure my guy, uh, Olave, was still alive out there.
1: Well, then it happened, and I was like, you know what? Derek Carr is going to miss some games. We're getting big game Jameis back. Love that for all of us. And then they come out, and they announce Derek Carr is fine. He's going to play, and that's when I just was like, can yeah, I get, and, and they can have get an alcohol.
0: Get, and they have a bye week too, so like yeah. it, it, we probably won't even get one game, and at most maybe one game. And what blows my mind
1: is Derek Carr is fourth in the NFL in pass attempts. Somehow, despite that, despite this being one of the highest passing offenses, they have one wide receiver in the top twenty-four, and until Jameis Winston played. None of their wide receivers except Shahid had a touchdown for over 60 targets. And then AT Perry scored over, a touchdown. Over, over, over 60 yards? No, just had 60 oh, targets. Oh, 60 targets. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, both Michael Thomas and Chris Olave had 60 and 74 targets apiece, and neither of them registered a touchdown, despite being fourth in pass attempts. And Derek Carr is 15th in the NFL and EPA per play, which at first makes you think, oh, he's middle of the road. Going back to our previous conversations, it's a terrible landscape. Being fifteenth right now is like being the top of a shit pile. It's not good. Mm. And last year, the same quarterback, Andy Dalton, playing in the same offense, was ninth in EPA per play. Yeah. Like Derek Carr is not the answer. And as long as he's on the field, I need to drink to hope Chris Olave does something worth it.
0: Well, the only he's got two things he can do he can throw check downs and he can throw 50 yards down the field he will not do anything in between which is why Shahid has broken off some big plays it just you know Olave has had some nice catches down the sideline but like he can get you 20 yard catches over the middle all day you just gotta let him you know yeah you just gotta let him and that has not been happening uh speaking of another guy who has not been happening my can I get an alcohol trophy goes to Another guy that we have liked the player. We've touted the player. Boy, has it been tough to be a Jahan Dotson truther this season. This is He's probably been the most frustrating player in fantasy football this year. We both loved him preseason. We both loved what we saw from him last season where, you know, everything grades up. Oh, the route running separate, you know, whatever. It's all good. And it's actually translating to he fit. I, I don't remember what the exact stretch was. But basically, if you look at the last like six or eight weeks of the season, he was top 20-ish in points per game, and Terry McLaurin was like 16, so we had a real nice 1A, 1B thing going. And, you know, Sam Howell has his flaws. We, we've talked about them, but this offense is putting up points. Yeah. Jahan Dotson should, should be giving you productive fantasy days. And, you know, he's had a couple, but... He is the wide receiver 48 this season in his last four in his last five games. Here are his point totals zero 6.8 20.8 14.9 and then last week zero. So like maybe after his 21 point outing people decided okay like he could I I need a guy he he just had a great game let's put him in there but in all likelihood unless you were desperate you did not start him off of that one good game you waited for him to put another one together which he did 14.9 and then he gave you a zero it's just like just when you think you've got something going he throws up a zero and like again this offense for its flaws for the quarterback's flaws is putting up points there have been definite moments on the field that I have seen, let alone I'm sure others who are watching all the film have seen where he has left points out there. Now, to be clear, like Olave has had a couple of moments too. So it's not like I'm saying, not like Olave has been perfect. He's had those moments too. But like John Dotson had a drop that ended the Eagles game. Like he he's had some chances to make big plays, like m- chances to score touchdowns where, where he has not come through for them. And it's like, it's just been tough. It's just been really, really tough as a as a Jahan Dotson truther before the season. I still think better days are ahead. I still believe in the player, but it's tough when the player is part of the issue. It's a tough pill to swallow. Yes. Well, and the worst part of it all,
1: I don't know if you listen to Matt Harmon's weekly podcast. They have a coping corner and they put mm-hmm. Jahan Dotson in the coping corner where they don't talk about him. Is that Sam Howell is the league leader in... Pass yards right now. Like they they are putting up a ton of passing yards, and somehow Jahan Dotson is not the guy getting any of the work done. <laughs> no.
0: And, and b- basically, if Curtis Samuel's in there, then you can just forget about Jahan Dotson. That's yes. how it's been. And everything
1: and everybody I trust has said that he has not fallen off. He has not missed a step. It's simply that he is not getting the targets he needs. And then the few he does get, he is making the plays that you don't want him to make, where he drops the ball, he misses the route. And it, it simply has not worked out, but it's a guy who is a top twenty-five pick in the first round who has the talent there and is in an offense that he should be succeeding in. And if you told me at the start of the season Sam Howell led the league in yeah, pass yards by week two, I would tell you we have ourselves a Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, top tw- like fifteen yeah, fantasy finish sure. on the way for sure. So, um, and then we all remember the game that Logan Thomas got ten targets and had like. <laughs> 90 yards so it's just it's not working out i definitely agree with you with that it is more than annoying and i definitely will drink a couple two dots in this weekend
0: let's get to a question in the chat before we move on to the next trophy uh from randall would you trade aaron jones and tank dell for trey mcbride and javante williams this is ppr scoring by the way so aaron jones and tank dell for trey mcbride and javante williams I don't hate it, to be honest. Trey McBride, the
1: last three weeks have put up like really, really good numbers for tight ends. I think he's even higher than Travis Kelsey right now in in, uh, yards per route run. Javante Williams is happening. He's getting the majority of the workload. Uh, Since his biggest game, Jalen McLaughlin has gone down in snaps every week. Uh, Losing Tank Dell does hurt. uh, But if you need a solid running back and you're weak at tight end, I can see this trade making sense. Yeah.
0: And I'm honestly. I was gonna mention this later, but I'll, I'll just say it now. I am, I am totally fine with selling Tank Dell. Not because like I think the situation will get worse, and not because I think the production is gonna fall off a cliff. But I just don't think he's this good. Obviously, you no know Nico Collins last week that helps him, uh, yeah. uh, a lot too. But like, I think he's fine. I, I don't think Tank Dell is like. Next big time receiver, you know, like I, I don't think he's that guy. I think Nico Collins is that guy in this offense.
1: Yeah, well, the the other thing is, uh, this is a quarterback who makes really good reads in C.J. Stroud and is willing to look off reads really quickly if they're not there. Um, so this is going to be an offense that's going to always have producers at wide receiver, but those could change frustratingly week to week when I think Trey McBride fits a very big need for the Cardinals offense, which is a big body receiver that they don't really have. And they're trying to get out of Michael Wilson right now.
0: Yep. Agreed. All right, Dalton, the next trophy is the Schmidt. I have to find the exact line here. Can we just take a moment to celebrate me trophy? I will go first this time. Uh, we're missing Johnny. I need to put, uh, or banner up the whole time. Uh, Arf, celebrate me. I am taking this quite literally and and celebrating myself with with this one. And that is Jalen Warren because I just had Jalen Warren as a trade for last week. Now, I will admit he's got the Browns coming up. It may be a bit of a reality check this week. But, like, by and large, you know, I say the good trade for him. And then what happens? He gets announced as the starter. And, like, that may seem like a kind of trivial thing. But, you know... The way he described it is like, you know, Tomlin told him the night before, told him that he had earned it, that he's earned the, the role in the production. So, like, I think we're just seeing clear signs both in the language coming out of Pittsburgh and just what's happening on the field. That, like, this guy has earned a legit 50-50 split in this offense. He just played 51% of the snaps last week. That's a – I'm going to say that's a career high. Because he had one game last year where he did that too, but Najee got hurt and played like less than a third of the snaps in that game. So with Najee in the full, this is the most snaps he's ever played. And what does he do? He goes out there and has a career high in rushes, touches, yards, rushing yards, and scores an explosive touchdown. Like Jalen Warren is good. I, there's a lot of Tony Pollard discourse with that is folding in with Jill and Jill Warren right now. That is annoying, but like this guy is a legitimately good running back. The committee with him and Najee is working out very well for both guys. Like Najee had enough, had a great game himself scored a touchdown. I think it's helping him out that he doesn't have to shoulder 25 touches and get beaten to a pulp. Like I think it's helping him be more efficient and effective as well. So, like, I think this is working out for both guys. And, like, for Warren, it's just, like, I think the call I made last week, I believe even more in it now because it immediately paid off, even if we get a tough week against Pittsburgh. Like, again, a legitimately good player. This is from Ian Hartitz. You look at Jalen Warren among running backs with 50-plus carries this year, which there are 46 such guys in the league. He is 5th in yards per carry, 7th in yards per... After contact per carry, first in missed tackles, force per carry, which we talk about that stat a lot on this podcast as being indicative of a good player. And first, an explosive run play rate, which like the Steelers, you, you don't think of them as an offense that is generating those explosive plays for anybody. And he's doing it. And as as a result, the offense is looking better than it has in Pittsburgh. So love, 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 Jill Warren.
1: Yeah, well what is it impressive like you said is he's playing in an offense that is not doing well their offensive line does not rank highly among the nfl their play calling has been at best mediocre um more than likely worse than we would like to see and they have a quarterback who has less touchdowns than cj stroud does over the last year uh and and one quarterback played last year and one didn't so uh, the offense has been anemic but jalen warren in a landscape where having a valuable rb2 in the nfl uh for fantasy is, is something you really need and jalen warren has done all that and more and i do not mind the tony pollard comps to like tony pollard last year mm-hmm. um where like tony pollard did become that proverbial league winner to yep. end the year he had a ton of huge runs for that team that's what jalen warren he's the only player on their team generating an consistent explosive plays for them obviously george pickens gets his every game or so but he he's the only player they put on the field that successfully gets it and he's finally getting red zone touches he's not just big ass you work between the 20s yeah. um and all of those but he's, still, he's that... still
0: not getting the inside the five which yeah. that may never happen but that you know he may get lucky and just be in in the game it's his drive or like they're going to hurry up and they don't sub
1: yeah but at this point, beggars can't be choosers. Yeah. And Jalen Warren is, is one of those few players that was probably available on your waiver wire for some time Um, that you have on your team that's going to excel in the end of season rush for the playoffs.
0: Yeah. And, you know, the, the the reason why I agree with you about like, if you're comparing in the last year's Pollard, that's totally fine. He he may not even, you know, he may not be even that good. Pollard was awesome last year, which is fine. Um. If you want to say that he should not be a lead back because look at Tony Pollard this year, that's a bad argument. If you want to say he should be a lead back because let's look at Austin Eckler post Melvin Gordon, that's a bad argument. So, like, arguments are being made in bad faith. We we don't really know what would happen if he was a lead back. Let's just enjoy the good player now. Let's enjoy the RB2 now. This is a good player. Put him in your lineup. Unless it's the Browns like, or maybe the Ravens, you're kind of setting it and forgetting it at RB2 in a lot of cases, I think, with Warren right now.
1: Yep. And and that's really all we could ask for. He's been a guy you've liked since last year, even. So yeah. definitely somebody you deserve a round of applause for. Thank you. Who's yours? Uh, this is a whole team. And this one's a little out of context because... They have not been what we wanted them to be, but I do want to celebrate me because this offense has been incredible. Uh all offseason, the Ravens were not getting major accolades from really anybody mm-hmm. in the media. Uh and we Fantasy were
0: fantasy-wise, real NFL wise, yeah. it was widespread. What well, I looked,
1: Zay Flowers and Rashad Bateman were both being drafted outside the top thirty-six in wide receivers. Mm-hmm. And obviously J.K. Dobbins was there, but Gus Edwards, Justice Hill. And Keith Mitchell were being drafted outside of the top 50.
0: Well, even J.K. Dobbins being drafted as like the RB23. Like, they have multiple running backs who you might value above the RB23 right now. (laughs) Yes.
1: Um, But we were excited about Todd Bunkin, and we ended up being right. This team right now is third in the NFL in offensive success rate. They're second in the NFL in sustained drives of 50 yards or more. And the numbers still haven't quite hit. Lamar Jackson had his 33-point week. But – they're going to come. And as far as the advice that you need to take as many Ravens players as you can, I feel very strongly that we hit on that. If you, dr- first of all, I've been a Gus the Bus truther <laughs> for three years and he is doing exactly what we want him to do, yep. which is just get into the end zone. Um, and then you have Justice Hill who became a fine handcuff and is fine in his role and finally got a touchdown despite all this work last and, week. And
0: Keaton Mitchell is crazy fun too.
1: Yeah. And then you have Zay Flowers, who at cost has been way more productive. He's fine wide receiver three yeah, on and, any fantasy And
0: track. And there's been a lot of points left out yes. on the field, some of which by him, he had the game with really bad drops, but also he's been missed on two touchdowns that I think would have totaled about 110 yards. Yeah. So that alone is, what, 11, 12, 24 fantasy points on two plays that he would have had with, with good throws.
1: Yep, and this Ravens team is just a solid unit. I, Mark Andrews is is back into the mm-hmm. redraft tight end two conversation because he's back to being a consistent producer. Lamar Jackson has been a great passer. His completion percentage leads the NFL, and he also has the highest on-target rate. Only 2% of his throws have been deemed off-target in the NFL this year. He's absolutely been nails. The touchdowns haven't always been there because their rushing attack is getting them, but I just feel strongly that we hit the Ravens on it. The nail on the head with the Ravens, and if you took our advice and just took shares in this offense, you're probably walking away pretty happy.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, I agree. the The only the only issue would be is if you drafted Rashad Bateman to be. Uh, I'm not done with that one. To, to be like, but you, you weren't drafting him as a starter. But even if you drafted him, to be like your top bench guy. You you probably dropped him and you don't have him on your team anymore. Yes. So that one's been tough. I agree with like he just played almost eighty percent of the snaps. Like it's. It's kind of happening. I, I I want it to happen actually on the field next, but like he himself, has, we've talked about it. He's looked better. The snaps are going up. You know, all, all of that is good. Trending in the right direction for sure. Yep. So I'm here and I think
1: the end of the season run for the Ravens is going to be exciting to watch. And uh, if you're in a league where you can get a hold of Lamar Jackson after an 11 point game, I would be trying to. All
0: right, Dalton, our next one. Uh, you didn't think we weren't going to have drops for any of these, right? We finally have a drought to introduce our Fourth trophy. Stop pooping. Our Chris Traeger stop pooping trophy. I can't think of anybody more deserving for this to go to than Tony Pollard. Boy, it has been like there I, I said that Jahan Dotson is probably the most frustrating player in fantasy. But if you account for cost and just opportunity cost as far as capital and what he's done to your team by starting him every week, it's Tony Pollard. Like, the last time he topped 60 rushing yards was week 3, September 24th, to put a date on it. That was almost two months ago. The last time he scored a touchdown was week 1. That is obviously the only game he's had a touchdown. He had both his rushing touchdowns and a blowout win In New York against the Giants. Rico Dowdle, of course, scored his one rushing touchdown last week. They have three running back rushing touchdowns this season, which is, don't have to look, close to the bottom in the NFL. I think the Broncos have one running back rushing touchdown, and they are the very bottom. Uh, The the Cowboys are probably right there. Uh, CeeDee Lamb, as many rushing touchdowns as uh, Rico Dowdle, one under Tony Pollard. And it's like... And both those rush
1: touchdowns came against the New York Giants.
0: Yeah, well, and they just played the Giants, and he had a million chances inside the five-yard line and just ran into his center every time. Dowdle is slowly getting more involved. That is an issue. Pollard failing multiple times at the one. That is an issue. Like, you could look at it and say, oh, that means his day should have looked a lot better. But I think that would have been a fake great day if that did happen. Like I said, he hasn't topped 60 rushing yards since week three. He's the only running back with nine or more carries inside the five yard line to have just two touchdowns. Uh, I can say that now because Latavius Murray scored his third touchdown on Monday night. Like the burst to me, just not the same. He's running routes, but just not getting targets or or yards. Really? He's only had more than 30 receiving yards three times this year. Um, Two of those times he's been in the 30s the third was the Chargers game where we remember he broke the tackle and ran 60 yards so like it's just it just hasn't been there since week 4 which that's a lot that's a large sample size that is a that's oh, 6 that, weeks Uh 6 weeks over half of the season he is the rb 40 over the last 6 weeks and god like he is 47th in fantasy points per opportunity 135th in epa just total epa so like it's it has been a terrible season for Tony Pollard. Well, and
1: you probably saw some pretty smart coaching from the Cowboys looking at their splits before their bye week. The Dallas Cowboys were 18th in the NFL and passed right above expectation. Since then, they are second in the NFL. I think the coaching staff looked at Tony Pollard and said, well, you're just not, you're not doing it. We have a good offensive line. You have favorable boxes. You're not playing against stacked eight-man boxes because tack can throw. Um, but you're not getting the job done and we're going to try to take away from your workload. And it's just not been there for Tony Pollard
0: well, at all. Well, and what what makes Pollard different than, you know, a guy like Warren is when Pollard was the second guy who we all badly wanted to be the first guy, you know, you can just Google it. You can find reports from two, three years ago where it's like he had a hard cap. And once he hit that, like, there is a game where he subbed himself out because he was just gassed. Like, yep. he has a very hard cap, and he could not go over. And perhaps they were just pushing him too hard. Some guys are better in limited roles. And Tony Pollard, as a player until this year, has been awesome. And maybe it's the injuries have added up, and he's just not the same guy. Or maybe it is the fact he's getting so much more work, and he just doesn't have that in him. Maybe it's a combination of both. That That's probably what it is. But it's just... The setup is great. The results have been terrible for Tony Pollard. Do you know what his highest brush attempts in a game for Memphis were? I I know it's low because all those Memphis guys were there at the same time. It's
1: 15. Um... I think he's always been a guy who doesn't have the conditioning to play a full NFL game with a full starters workload. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it, I mean, that is what it is
0: and do the the tough work between the tackles.
1: Yeah. And I I mean, it's shown this year, he's 38th in the NFL right now among qualified running backs when it comes to rush yards over expectation. Like he's, he's flat out, but not good. Uh, And this is in two games back to back where they've scored over 30 points. He's scored sub 10 points in fantasy. Mm -hmm. It's ugly. Um, And he is not, I mean, he was a round two pick for most yeah. people. Yeah. Uh,
0: all right, Dalton, your guy.
1: Uh, My guy is another running back. He hails from the Buffalo Bills. I have James Cook. Uh, James Cook started off the season, and it looked like we were all very wrong, or we being me, about him not being a full-time back. And then Latavius Murray has become a thing. Uh, and this is a lot in the same vein as Tony Pollard. Mm-hmm. Jake Cook in his career has never had a season of more than 175 touches. This goes back to his time at Georgia. This even goes back to high school football. Like he might be another player who does not have the ability to play a full NFL game at the same explosiveness that he gets in perpetual drives. Then and
0: and, there, and there's a reason why running back shelf lives are not that long. It, it's, yes. a, it's a tough thing to do.
1: Yeah, definitely not easy. I couldn't gain negative one yards in the NFL if I was throwing the ball, uh, but. What he was brought on to do, there was a lot of excitement this offseason about 12 personnel in Buffalo, Josh Allen not running the ball a lot. Both those things have been slightly less than true. Josh Allen has continued to run the ball, not at the highest mark. But what happened was a washed running back who's been in the league longer than any other running back and is on pace to get the Frank Gore award uh, is taking away legitimate touches from him. Mm -hmm. And then when he does get touches, he is, I mean, he's selling. Man, if, if
0: that ball didn't bounce right back up to him on Monday, oh my God. No. Well, even after the first fumble, he didn't
1: see a snap till the third quarter. And then when the Bills needed to win the game, their third down back was Latavius Murray. And this is James Cook, who coming into the league profiled as a receiving back. Right now... This week, he's the RB 25 in expert consensus rankings on fantasy pros. And I think slowly he's going to continue to drop down to the 30s. Like he is just, he is what Devin Singletary was in Buffalo. And that's not saying
0: much. Yeah. And it's like, it's kind of like Antonio Gibson, you know, same school where it's like, or not same school, sorry. I'm, I'm still thinking Memphis, but it's like Antonio Gibson at Memphis where it's like, why is this guy the first and second down guy in the NFL now when that's not what he was in college? That's kind of what's yeah. happened with James Cook.
1: Yeah. And I mean, until he gets ball control because he's fumbled four times and lost three of them, uh, and until he has the fifth highest drops among running backs with at least 30 targets this year, until he gets those things under control, he can't even do the explosive plays and the targets, Mm -hmm. uh, and he's not going to be a consistent fantasy starter or even a guy I want to start as a flex in my lineups because I can't trust it.
0: Yeah. All right. Quick question, then we're going to get to our last two guys here from Bryce Ridley in the chat. Trade uh, K9, Amari, and Ayuk for Derrick Henry and Tyreek Hill. I think just because you're getting Tyreek Hill back, like you've you've got to take that side.
1: Yeah, I'm iffy on it. Unless you really like you have a good backup and you really need a running back, Mm. I would do the trade. But my concern is uh, one, the Dolphin schedule is getting significantly harder to end the year. Yeah. And Tyreek Hill is still going to put up good numbers, but I would be. like 160 and a touchdown is going to be really hard for him to continue to do. Ayuk is a fine wide receiver one, even for most weeks, Amari. I mean, you know what he is. Yeah, We we, we
0: sh- talked about him earlier. It's yeah. like, he, it's going to be tough sledding without yeah. Deshaun. I
1: wouldn't do it unless I had a strong quarterback backup because Kyler Murray is, I mean, he looked good off an 11 month ACL tear last week yeah. and he's only going to get better as the weeks go on.
0: Yeah, that's fair. As long as you have a quarterback that you feel good about, then, then I think that's, Totally fine. All right, Dalton. The next one is one I have to turn my volume down for. I am not in danger, Skyler. I am the danger. A guy opens his door and gets shot, and you think that of me? No. I am the one who knocks. The I am the one who knocks Walter White trophy. And I, th- I think we have the same guy, right? Like we lined up where. Yeah, this we is, did. This is CJ Stroud for both of us.
1: Yeah, this is CJ Stroud, oh, boy. This guy, he is a bad, bad man.
0: Do you want to? Do you just want to uh, watch a a fun clip of of CJ Stroud, yes, real quick? I do, because I... he is so fun to watch. I have it, I have it queued, even in the stream yard, ready to go. Watch this. You see this all twenty two. This play did not count, by the way. I think it got called back by a penalty. But you're seeing, you know, he has immediate pressure, is able to extend. You don't even see the guy in the screen yet that he throws to. But you see all the reads he's making. And then you, you still don't even see the guy he throws to. And then there he comes, back in the end zone, right there. Now watch where this throw ends up. Clear over there. Whoa.
1: I mean, that is the thing. And he it is
0: perfect, throw. just a dot. This guy is awesome. Awesome, just awesome. You know, I saw the stat from Ian Rappaport. You know when the last time was a rookie led the NFL in passing yards per game? No. 1939 won Davy O'Brien. Now we have season to go, obviously, but right now CJ Stroud is doing that. Like But I mean, there are guys
1: like Baker Bayfield's rookie season, Andrew Luck's rookie season that were legitimately Cam Newton. Yeah, Cam Newton. We knew those guys were NFL stars from the get-go. And I mean, for him to be doing that is it, with I'm not going to like downtrod the receiving core in Houston, but it is not
0: on paper what you want your rookie quarterback to be worth. No. Well, but it's funny. I, I think it's I think it's pretty good. Like, I think it's like solid. And what's great about it is like they as from a team building perspective, they can either choose to spend money elsewhere or they can choose to, like, they could sign T. Higgins this offseason if they wanted to and pair T. Higgins and Nico Collins with Tank Dell. And play bully ball. And, 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 and have a really, really, really fun group. Just thinking about the Deshaun Watson of it all, you want to know how much better this guy already is in the quarterback that the Texans got three first-round picks to, to trade away? This is mean. In 12 games as a Brown, Deshaun Watson... 2,217 passing yards, 14 touchdowns, nine interceptions in nine games in the NFL. CJ Stroud, 2,226 yards, 15 touchdowns, two interceptions. I mean, I mean. The, like what more can you say? The Texans found their guy and from a fancy perspective, he is the tide lifting all boats in this offense. And just for himself, Right now, he's the QB9. He's the QB6 in points per game. Like, he is legitimately a very good quarterback for fantasy and, like, for real life. He, like, legitimately, I put a very small bet on him to win the MVP yesterday at plus 2,500. That's already down to plus 2,000 last time I looked. I think people are, are really hitting that one. But, like, he is extending plays, like I just showed. He's getting the ball downfield, like we talked about earlier. Other guys are not doing. And, like, even in obvious passing situations, he is he is hitting those tight windows. He is making all, all the right plays. No, and, I mean, even that clip you showed, hip positioning is, like,
1: such a key thing for NFL quarterbacks that rookies struggle with. And he pops off his reeds and moves his hips so quickly. It is a absolute lovely thing to watch. He, like, I mean, you've got some of my stats going, but he's 6th in the NFL in passer rating. And... This is with him playing with a different offensive line every game he started. And that is, if you take the tools that Bryce Young has in Carolina and the offensive line he has and the excuses he's getting, those are, you could copy and paste those excuses to CJ Stroud before this season, and it would have been valid to say all of those things. Yeah. Nico Collins never had more than 700 yards. I
0: I, I do think, and you'll say this is fair too, that Bryce Young is in a worse situation than CJ Stroud. He is not elevating the situation like Stroud, but Stroud is also just not normal.
1: Yes. And with that, in the NFL, do you know how many teams have produced a top 24 fantasy outcome for three of their wide receivers and a top five tight end outcome this year?
0: I don't, but what I do know is that it's incredibly rare for a wide receiver to be top twenty four period with a rookie quarterback. So just yes. what you're saying is a whole nother level of ridiculousness historically.
1: C.J. Stroud has done that twice with Dalton Schultz, Nico Collins, <laughs> Tank Dell, and then Noah Brown. Yeah, and he's made Noah Brown, who I uh, he's just a guy. The yeah, NFL. oh yeah, just I, like, a guy. Oh, legitimately, just a guy in the NFL. Made him third in receiving yards over the last two weeks (laughs) and has knocked... Right now, the Texans are in the playoffs above the Bengals and the Bills. And that there's nobody... I mean,
0: they could legitimately win their
1: division too. Yes. I mean, there is nobody in the NFL doing what he is doing. And he is uncorking the ball against defenses like the Bengals who hide things and make it hard for rookie quarterbacks and doing it so well. I just... Can't say enough nice things about this guy in a time where quarterback scoring is down. He's sixth in points per game among fantasy quarterbacks, and he's only getting better every week. It it is insane what they're doing in Houston.
0: All right, Dalton, we are on to the last one, which is as the thumbnail indicates the Logan Roy, you are not serious people trophy. This one is pretty self-explanatory. I, I said earlier, I kind of wish I went with the Panthers after they changed who's calling the plays again, because surely that will uh, make things better for a struggling team. The Logan Roy, you are not serious people. Trophy goes to, from you,
1: Atlanta Falcons and Arthur Smith in particular. This man is terrible. <laughs> Last week, two weeks ago. He benches Desmond Ritter, okay? He then plays an entire game with Taylor Heineke, and then last week, benches Taylor Heineke for Desmond Ritter in the second quarter after Heineke threw the team's only passing touchdown of the game, and they did not total 100 yards passing against the 27th ranked passing defense in the NFL. This is the Arizona Cardinals Mm -hmm. who were on tank watch until Kyler Murray came back. This is also a team with three top 10 first-round picks – on their offense that is producing the 25th ranked offensive success rate in the NFL.
0: And they're... Tyler Algier, who's a legitimately good second running yes. back to have. Yes.
1: Add all of that to the fact that their kicker, this is how poor they've been. Young Hoku is the would be the eighth quarterback in points per game right now. He <laughs> is scoring an insane amount because they're kicking the ball because they can't do anything in the red zone. They're 31st in the NFL and red zone success rate. And he is misusing his weapon so poorly. If I asked you what role Drake London should play, would you tell me he should play the power slot role?
0: Yes, uh, that that was what he was quite good at in college.
1: Yes, he played 80% of his snaps from the slot last week. They played Carterell Hodge at the X. They're absolutely running the most pedestrian offense I can think of. And what Arthur Smith did in Tennessee looks like Mike Vrabel probably telling him, no, you can't bitch Derrick Henry for Darrington Evans because you think it's a good idea. Mm-hmm. I, I I, can't get on board. This offense is a joke. The only reason they're competing for the playoffs right now is because the NFC South is a joke. And if Arthur Smith is an NFL coach next year, all of his players go on a do not draft list. I don't care who they are. I don't care what their name is. They, they, they could sign – Kirk Cousins, and I would still not draft a single player on this team.
0: Well, I I have this ready for for my team, but I'll pull it up for yours as well. Right there behind the Pittsburgh Steelers is the Atlanta Falcons offense. Uh, you look at EPA per play and you know, success rate. If you're bottom left, that is bad. They are uh, um, bad, like like bottom. Let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six. Like bottom seven or eight offense in the NFL with, with all of those great skill guys. And every
1: offense behind them has had to start a backup quarterback because of injury, except for the Panthers.
0: Yeah. it,
1: it It's terrible. Um, and Arthur Smith was hired as a offensive guru, not as a defensive guru. And he has... I'm, this guy is, is just mind-numbingly frustrating. He is probably the worst person in the NFL right now that Josh McDaniels has been fired.
0: So my team look a little bit further to the left and a little bit further down and you find the J-E-T-S Jets, Jets, Jets. I've got the Jets. I've got Zach Wilson. I've got Robert Sala. I am tired of seeing every Monday that Zach Wilson is our quarterback. If you have to give us a state of the union that Zach Wilson is your quarterback every Monday, it is very obvious that he should not be your quarterback. Like, it's just so frustrating because we called this from the beginning. The second Rodgers got hurt, we were like, well, they are not sounding like they're going to trade for a veteran. But they have to. They just have to. And they haven't. And look what's happening. Like, trade for Josh Dobbs, Trade for Jacoby Brissett. How much better is this offense with either of those guys? Like, I, I can't believe... We're doing this again. We're, we're having the same jet season we had last year again, except Brees Hall is healthy this time. That That is the only thing different uh, about this season right now through 10 weeks. And it's like, I get you want to give Zach Wilson, the guy that you stupidly drafted second overall. I get that you want to give him one last chance. But like, you can still trade for a veteran and have a legit backup plan in place to where if things go the way we all thought it was going to go and the way it has gone, frankly, you can make that change. You have that availability. Like, you traded for Aaron Rodgers because you're trying to win a Super Bowl. Shouldn't you still be trying to make the playoffs? And I know they'll say they are, but they really aren't because you go you go out and you make a move for just a pro, just, just an NFL pro. To, to have in this quarterback room and to be able to have like they're below the Giants in EPA for play on, on this press.
1: and the Giants started a guy who said his mom makes his bed for him that's <laughs> that's Tommy De- or whatever DeVito I don't know his first name I think
0: you're right I think it's Tommy DeVito yeah. um sounds like he's a backyard football um yeah it sounds like he's an extra on the Sopranos I've t- Tony De- Delvecchio was maybe the oh backyard football God. player like yeah. it's, it's dangerously close to that name like from a fantasy perspective, you know, Brees Hall is the RB14, which, like, on his face, that sounds okay. Um, but he has five single-digit games. They cannot put together an efficient rushing attack because they cannot move the ball. They just don't get first downs. They don't get red zone opportunities. They don't score touchdowns. They basically, like, what, what was it? Did they even score a touchdown last week? They were at, like, an insane amount of quarters without a touchdown at some point last week. Did Zach Wilson rush one in? I don't remember. I don't know. But it was like 16 consecutive quarters at some point during their game last week without a touchdown. I think they did score because I think they won 16 to something. Yeah, um, um, but, but like, <laughs> like Brees Hall is the RB 14, but it's just like, it hasn't been a smooth ride. You can't trust it. He has to make his own, his own day, basically every time Garrett Wilson, same deal wide receiver 20, which again, on its face, that's okay, but he hasn't topped 15 points a single time. Yeah, he, is, and he has, like, a
1: 40-yard slant he took to the house in one of those
0: games. He, that was against the Cowboys. He, he's got he's to make a big play to have a nice week. And, like, Zach Wilson is 22nd in on-target throw percentage behind Desmond Ritter, who we just mentioned, and right in front of Jordan Love. Like, he is bad. I can't believe we are tanking another season of Garrett Wilson and this full season of Brees Hall, who health-wise looks great. He's just, like... He's just stuck in hell. They're both in hell, and their coach refuses to open the door. (laughs) Well, just to have a little more fun with this, because why not?
1: Um, Their offseason moves, the lack of seriousness in them was they brought in Randall Cobb and Alan Lazard, who were Roger's buddies. Uh, They then brought in Rodgers' buddy, the offensive coordinator, Nathaniel Hackett, Mm -hmm. who if anybody watched the game last week, Aaron Rodgers literally looked at Hackett's play-calling sheet and told him not to call the play he called. (laughs) uh, Because Nathaniel Hackett's entire NFL career has been doing what Aaron Rodgers tells him to do. Uh, And we saw what that did to Denver for last season. And then they bring in one free agent, Nicole Hardman. Don't give him a single snap and release him. or Sorry. They trade him for like a late round pick swap to the Chiefs. Yeah. They released him. It's just team saving face. And then in the first round of the NFL draft, where names like Jordan Addison and Zay Flowers were still available, they took a defensive end who's not even playing 50% of their snaps right now at Will McDonald.
0: Well, and also let's not forget, like, they had Elijah Moore and they sold low on a guy that they couldn't yes. that, that couldn't produce there. Not, uh, not because it was his fault, because they couldn't give him the ball. Like – and yes. he's unfortunately going through that again in Cleveland. Yes. But, like, the guy is open time is all the time. Time is flat circle with yes. that one.
1: Yes, Um. But it, it is a very unserious organization that is trying to play a very serious game. Uh, they, they they were allegedly, like, in trade talks for Devontae Adams at the trade deadline. Yeah. But you're not going to go and ask for Jacoby Brissett the moment Rodgers goes down. Yeah, exactly. And, and tack on this, like, Aaron Rodgers is going to play in December. I can't wait for it to come out in December that Aaron Rodgers isn't going to play because the team isn't going to make the playoffs, uh, when in reality an Achilles injury healing in four months. Yeah,
0: four months is, is what it would
1: be. is, is, is the mo- For a 37-year-old or how old? 40-year-old? 40? I think, I think 38. We've guessed yeah. every age in there.
0: Somewhere yeah. between 37 it's, and 40.
1: Yeah. It's going to come back and play. It is such an unserious franchise. And, like, the number of times I have to watch the Jets and watch them cut to Robert Sala and watch – him just looking down at the ground and massaging his eyebrows is an absurd <laughs> amount of times because there is nothing going well in New York. And their only hope of winning games is Breeze Hall popping one off for 80
0: yards. And it's, I mean, it's, and their, terrible. and their defense forcing takeaways. Yeah. And Aaron Rodgers turns 40 in December, by the way. 40, he turn,
1: listens to Dolphin Sex to Heal his Achilles. That guy <laughs> is really living life. Um, and, this is also, I don't know if you remember this, the year Aaron Rodgers took away from his salary so he could add players, and next year his cap increases by 60%. Yep. Like this, is, this was going to be the year, and it's not going to be the year, and it is a poverty franchise that is located in New York. Unfortunately, there are two of them.
0: Yep. All right, Dalton. On that note, unless you have anything else to add, I think we are finally set to get out of here. I think we're good. All right. That is going to do it for episode 125 of the Half Point Per Podcast. Give us a follow on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, Half Point Per Pod. Subscribe to the YouTube. We respond to the comments live show. If you have questions, whether it's start, sit, whether it's trade, whatever the case may be, we will be here for that. The link to all of those things will be in the show notes, as always, as will uh, the links to our Spotify and Apple podcast pages. Please leave us a five-star review It should be greatly appreciated. Uh, Thank you again so much for listening, and we'll talk to you again next week.